Welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. In our last episode, we chatted with Shana James about how to be more authentically yourself in relationships. And one of the biggest obstacles to being fully yourself in the present is being held back by the pain of the past. I'm thinking specifically of the endings that we go through. If you're like me, you've been through a breakup or two in your life. Maybe you coasted through each one just fine, or maybe you collected a scar or two or more. Whether you were the person leaving or the person left behind, or it was a mutual decision, I'm curious. Are there any remnants of past relationships that might be influencing you now in the present? Are you in a relationship wondering if you should stay or go? Or are you in the middle of a breakup right now? Or are there aspects of your current relationship that you'd like to break up with so that your current partnership can begin anew? Whether your breakup was something long past or something happening in the moment, this episode is for you. Today's guest has been on the show once before, back in episode two. Her name is Catherine Woodward Thomas, and she is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Conscious Uncoupling, Five Steps to Living Happily Even After, as well as the national bestseller, Calling in the One, Seven Weeks to Attract the Love of Your Life. While the focus of this show is on how to have amazing relationships, I thought it was wise to tackle the question head-on of how we break up and how to turn it into a positive experience instead of a traumatic one. We're going to talk all about Catherine's powerful five-step conscious uncoupling process on today's episode. I'm also offering a free copy of the Conscious Uncoupling book to a lucky listener. Simply download the show guide at neilsatin.com slash kwt2. That's the letters K-W-T and then the number two. Or text the word PASSION to the number 33444 and follow the instructions to qualify. Catherine Woodward Thomas, thank you so much for returning to chat on Relationship Alive. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. And I, I love that we're here to talk about breakups. And can I just say that I think a good breakup is the precursor to setting yourself up for having a good relational experience moving forward. And in many ways, I think now, even though I wrote Calling in the One first and then Conscious Uncoupling, um, I think Conscious Uncoupling is the precursor to Calling in the One because your next relationship doesn't actually begin when you meet that person. It begins with how you end the relationship that you're currently struggling with. So, um, you know, we essentially, rather than being dimmed down or a little mistrustful of ourselves and others moving forward with a heart that's a little too easily bruised, we want to, you know, really be able to stand open, clear, free, uh, all the wiser for what we've been through with a deeper capacity to love and be loved after every relationship. It's how we want to be leaving every relationship. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And what you're saying makes perfect sense to me. I can't think of a relationship that I've been in, actually, that wasn't somehow affected by either my or my partner's past relationships. 
And when I'm working with clients, that comes up all the time. This, this happened in the past, this thing, um, some, some prior wounding mm -hmm. from an earlier relationship is affecting them and their ability to be here in the present with their current partner. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when we were, when we were working together on the launch of your book, I, you know, I would have loved to have been able to actually market it that way. Like, this is a book to heal everyone. And um, yeah. so I love that you brought it up in that, um, you know, whether someone is looking for a new relationship or they're in a relationship, but have some healing to do. Yeah. Here we are. Well, here we are. Yes. A healing to do from, from, from residue from a past relationship. But sometimes, Neil, people even do the conscious uncoupling process to get them unstuck because I think we all know kind of the, the no man's land or the no woman's land of not knowing if this is the right relationship to even be in. Yes. So, right. I, yeah. I definitely want to talk about that because I, I think that that doubt that, I mean, many people carry that around with them for years in their relationship. Is this the right one? Should I break up? Should I stay? Should I go? So I definitely want to address that in our conversation. Um, it might be a good time to just take a moment and refresh everyone's memory. I don't, I don't know if, if you heard our first episode with Catherine. Um, you may recall that the way that I actually found out about Catherine Woodward Thomas's work was because I was going through a breakup and I was in a lot of pain and I wasn't sure where to turn and I had heard Somehow, I don't even remember. I had heard about this online course, Conscious Uncoupling, and, and it sounded like a better approach to breaking up than just going out and finding someone to, to shack up with. And, um, and on top of that, the breakup that I was going through, um, my partner and I were really trying to be conscious about it, to not traumatize each other. We just knew that we didn't want to be together. So, um, so I actually went through your online course and in the process healed so much about what would have been an obstacle to my being in, um, in right relationship with this partner. And, um, ironically, we ended up staying together. And I, and I know that, that you have a term for that, which is called conscious recoupling, right? Yes, and I think that happens. I'm so happy to hear that, and um, and particularly as I am kind of witnessing your relationship deepen and blossom, and it's so heartening to me. But a lot of people who go through the conscious uncoupling process actually learn the skills that would allow them to transform their relationship should they choose to stay in it. Yeah. And that was huge for me, um, both in getting those skills and doing the healing that I needed to do. And on top of that, really uncoupling from what had truly been a somewhat dysfunctional relationship. And uh, so if you at home are, or in your car, wherever you happen to be listening to this, if you feel like you're stuck in a pattern of dysfunction in your partnership, it may be that you can actually heal and uncouple from from that version of who you've been with your partner and grow into something new. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line. You know, when we're in a breakup, we're going through the stages of grief um, that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross defined for us, which is, and one of them, of course, is the bargaining stage. And basically what that means is that there's a part of us that wants to hold on, that wants to uh, try and get that person back, even if, you know, there's other parts of us that, you know, are pretty clear that the relationship is something we probably would be better off letting go of. But it's so traumatic to let go of a relationship that I always tell people you have to come in with the willingness to let the relationship go. So what we're talking about, about the possibility of recoupling, I always try and invite people at the very beginning of the, pro- of the process to just be willing to do the right thing for the right reasons, to be willing to let the old relationship and the old dynamics fall away. And um, so whether or not it gets recreated or not, to not attach to that, which is not the easiest thing. And, you know, of course, you know, we do it outside of thought. So it's a constant bringing yourself back to wanting the highest and the best for everyone involved and recognizing that breakups are really the best time in some ways to do deep inner transformative work. Because life has your full attention. I mean, mm. that, that broken heart, like there's nowhere to go when your heart is broken and your heart is hurting. Um, I know people, you know, try and move into a new relationship or have sex with lots of new people or, you know, they're trying to run from the pain. But, it, you know, nature has really hardwired us to be attached to each other. And so breakups are kind of, they feel traumatic and they they feel um, terrifying. And if you look back from an evolutionary perspective, we were never designed to leave the ones that we love. We're kind of hardwired to bond. And if you think about, you know, human beings living a thousand years ago, if you wandered away from your tribe, it was most certain death. So it does still feel to us like or like life life or death. You know, when we're when we're leaving a relationship. And so we have to navigate those really big feelings. And we want to do it in such a way that at the end of the process of grief, we're going to be a, a, a lot better off than we've ever been before because you, life has broken us open. And, uh, and, and lessons learned and wisdom gained and death cultivated and uh, transformation that can happen you know, we want to we want to become finer, better human beings as a result of all of this suffering. So that's my hope for everyone listening: is that after this hour, you're a you're a finer human being, and uh, and certainly if you take the plunge into the process of conscious uncoupling, that you you discover that even more richly for yourself, um, Catherine. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um. Somewhat ironically, the very first article that I wrote for my website um, that wasn't about dog training was about how to know when to leave a relationship. And I actually wrote it for a friend of mine because I was kind of tired of hearing him talk about this person that he should break up with over and over and over again for a long time. So I wrote this article. And honestly, at there were, I think there's some wisdom in there, but I, I've learned a lot um, since then, and I, I think I need to rewrite the article. But let's start there with this question of 
how would someone know if they should stay or they should go? Do you have some guidelines? You know, I write about this in the beginning of the book, and I and I actually have two answers for you. Um, the the the. First of all, I always think if you've invested in a relationship, if you can get professional help or someone can really um, support both of you to be less reactive and more in communication about the things that matter, that's certainly something you want to do before you break up. Um, And then the other thing is to start to notice that a lot of times what couples go through, particularly in the postmodern world that values growth and development so much, is a shift in values. And the incongruencies that we can have in a relationship have to do with our vision of what's most important. And you might be in a relationship where you began with alignment over what's most important. Maybe you decided that having a family was the most important thing and that you were going to build a home and, you know, organize around rituals and holiday and building community around your family. But then somewhere along the line, one or both of you started to move into, um, you know, a fascination with spiritual development or a fascination with uh, a mission purpose, sense of purpose. And those things will tend to change our core values over time. And they change them in, in exhilarating ways, in ways that give us a purpose for living that includes our family but is not limited to our family. And so what I've seen very often is if one person has that kind of shift, uh, it can be very traumatic on the relationship if the other person is not interested. So I think, you know, couples do grow in different directions at different rates And the glue that will hold a couple together is interest in each other's growth and development. You might not take it as your own, but because it makes your partner happy, you're going to, you know, suffer through the learning about things that maybe you would not have been interested in learning because it's about loving your partner. And I think that, you know, at some point where there's real disregard and a real lack of interest in learning about the direction that the, your partner is going, you you know whichever way that flows, then you're really looking at a viable uncoupling. You know that's a that's a conversation to begin to you know consider. However, before so that's the first answer to the question, and I you know I talk about that in the beginning of the book. However. One of the things that happens in the conscious uncoupling process that allows for people to recouple, as we were talking about, has to do with this core principle of seeing self as source. And that's a through line for all of my work. And basically, my work is really about breaking up the chronic victimization that we all kind of wake up into, which basically looks like it's his fault. It's her fault. If he didn't just, if he would just, if why did he do that? I don't, I don't think I can live with him doing that. This and, th- and this is so. This is how life occurs to us: is that these things are just happening to us that are kind of against our will and outside of our participation, and we're kind of victimized by it. So one of the things that I help people to do, and it's actually the second step of the conscious uncoupling process in the reclamation of power. Um, to begin to start to feel like you're more in command of your life because when you have a breakup you feel very often you feel completely out of control is that I invite people 
to begin to ask themselves questions that will allow them to understand how they are the source of their experience of what's happening. So in other words, it's very hard to do that because maybe the other person behaved horribly. And so it's 97% their fault, you know, because people do do horrible things. But you want to be interested in your 3%. Because in that little 3%, which might be very passive, like I didn't speak up or I dismissed my own knowing or I was too frightened to ask the questions I needed to ask. I lacked courage because I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want someone to think I was high maintenance or whatever was going on that, you know, we somehow participated in our own demise. Like our primary interest needs to be there. Why? Because you want to know that you will never, ever, ever do that again. Right. So, so back to this question of how do you know whether to end a relationship or not? I, I really want to invite people to begin to just step back and just say, I know it feels like it's completely the other person's fault and I'm completely powerless in this situation and I did nothing to instigate it. But just as a spiritual practice, if I would look at myself as the source of what's happening here, what would I say? And then you can start to correct it. And, and it can be very subtle. I, you know, I disappear myself when my partner's narcissistic. I just give up and I stop talking. So in other words, I disappear myself and feed into his or her narcissism. So what would happen if I stayed authentic, if I stayed present, if I didn't disappear myself? You know, what might happen then? So so I, I really invite people to look from that perspective and to see, you know, how much power that we each have to shift the dynamics in a relationship, even when we feel really victimized by the other person. And actually, Neil, I'm kind of curious to see if you even have an example, like when you went through the Conscious Uncoupling program, was there so, some way that you saw yourself as the source of what had happened between your partner and you that then ended up allowing you to shift that dynamic. Yes. Uh, so it's funny. I've been actually through the process now twice because I went through it back then, which was at this point a year and a half ago, maybe or so. Yeah. And, um, and then I just went through this part again, um, as part of your coach training program, which, um, just to let everyone know, I'm, I'm going through this program to be trained by Catherine to help people go through the process of conscious uncoupling. It's, it's been an amazing program so far. Thank you. Yeah. So happy to have you. I really feel so excited about you being in the program. Thank you. Thank you. And um, so getting back to your question, I, the second time through, I came up with a different, a different source wounding that was steering my experience. Um, but the first time through, I, what I had discovered was that I was operating from this belief that I wasn't important. And and all of these feelings that I was having around the breakup were reinforcing this belief that I wasn't, I wasn't important. I wasn't special. And so when I stepped back and 
looked at life from the perspective of, okay, well, what would that mean? What kinds of decisions would I make? Well, there were definitely some places where I wasn't taking a stand that had I taken a stand, it might have been different. Um, and there were places where I was scared and fearful because I thought maybe there was something wrong with me or that I wasn't good enough for the relationship. So then during those times, I would be responding from my fear, um, which isn't a very attractive place in partnership, honestly, when you're, when you're reactive and, and trying to control your partner in order to, um, to save yourself from the fears that you have. So, um, so there was a huge shift in me when at that time I started to focus on, on actually experiencing my own value and my own specialness and started asking the question, well, if I were special, how would I respond to what is happening now? Wow. And that led to completely different kinds of conversations with mm. Chloe, with my partner. Amazing. Yeah. That's what I find is that the shifts that we would need to make in order to evolve the dynamic are very simple and very subtle. And generally, they're going to require courage because I'm hearing a lot of courage in what you did to presence yourself and the commitment to keep presencing yourself. It's quite beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you believing that. Yeah. That courage is really a key element in establishing true intimacy in a partnership. Yeah. So what I'd love to do is I think we covered pretty well the question of if you if you're trying to figure out if you should stay or you should go, you should consider seeking help. Um, you should be willing to admit that you've maybe grown apart and use it as an opportunity to see if you can get, if you and your partner can get curious about each other. Like it, it seems only fair if it's a relationship where you've invested a lot of time and energy to give each other the opportunity to really hear how important it is to, um, to take on the new developments with where you are in life and and whether or not you can really recommit to being together in a positive way. Um, and then it sounds, Catherine, like you were saying that, that this next step as well is really making the shift to seeing yourself as source. Um, in a recent episode, um, I was talking with Gay Hendricks, and he talks about the commitment in a relationship to be free from criticism and blame in your relationship. And this is basically where you got to end up. If you're, if you're deciding you're not going to blame your partner, you got to not blame yourself, but explore how you yourself are responsible. So, um, so here we are. And let's, let's say for the sake of argument that someone goes through all that and they decide, you know what? I do want to break up. Um, or for those of you who are listening and thinking, well, I want to go through this process and heal and see where that gets me. Could you describe in brief the, it's a, I know it's a five-step process for conscious uncoupling. Could we take a moment and talk about each of the steps 
so that someone would have a sense of what to expect as they moved through that process for themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The first step of a conscious uncoupling has to deal with the very big emotions that tend to come up at the end of a relationship. Um, I think the intensity of those emotions are going to depend on whether you're the person who is leaving or you're the person who is being left. Because the person who is leaving has been kind of thinking about this for a while. And it might have been, you know, brewing for a long time. How do I get out of this? Kind of building a case for why this isn't the right partnership to be in. Um, And all the while having time to build a new identity outside of the relationship. Um, Whereas the person who's being left um, might not see it coming. And my guess is, you know, we just have a great capacity for denial. My guess is, is that probably the other person's been saying something or dropping hints or making ultimatums or what have they been doing? They've been complaining or withdrawing or, you know, somehow communicating had we been listening. Um, You know, there was some kind of a lack of stability or there were many warning signs along the way, but we all believe so much in happily ever after that we just have a great capacity sometimes to kind of tolerate uh, a lot of tensions and think that we're going to figure it out. So the person who's being left is often blooded with a lot of overwhelming feelings. This is what happens at the end of a relationship. Relationships, and this is now being um, validated by the latest neurobiology studies, relationships actually regulate us. They regulate our biology, our heart rate, our, um, our blood pressure, our body temperature, and they also regulate our emotions. And basically, relationships are what's, what um, neuroscientists will call a fear regulator. We are buffered against the existential terror of how vulnerable we are to be alive by our relationships. And those relationships bring us back into balance in some way. And so when we lose a person that we're bonded to, um, our our emotions get deregulated. And, and if you're shocked by that and you haven't had time to adjust or you haven't had time to create other relationships outside of the partnership to regulate you, you can go a little crazy. And that's where, you know, the nicest of us are suddenly like obsessed with throwing bleach on all of his clothes and, you know, calling up her new girlfriend and, you know, giving her a piece of our mind or keying her car, like all those crazy things that, you know, very nice people sometimes do during a breakup. So one of the things about the, all of those big feelings that we want to do in the first step of a conscious uncoupling is we want to harness the energy of those big emotions. And instead of having them kind of uncontained and pointed in an area that would, you know, burn the house down, bring upon great destruction upon all. And by the way, this is what people do when they go to court and they're in this state and they burn through their children's, um, you know, college funds and their retirement account just to, you know, get back at them or, you know, all that crazy stuff. I mean, you really do. And so that stage can last a a while, enough to do great destruction. So what we want to do is we want to interrupt that process 
and start to harness the intensity of those feelings and point it in the direction of positive change. And what that looks like might be, you know, a, a deep center of rage. If you if you really look at the inner conversation of that, the source conversation of anger, it is the reclamation of your right to be treated with respect, to be told the truth, to be treated as though you are valued. You know, it, it's a reclamation of something. So if you can harness the big energy and put it into a stand that from this moment, relationships where you are nurtured, respected, valued, honored, where someone shows up in the way that would have you feel safe in the world. So all of that. So th that's the first step is that I take people through a series of processes that really leaves people empowered to transform their lives out of this consequence to um, showing up in certain ways that co-created a very toxic, traumatic situation. And then going into step two, which we touched on before, is this reclamation of your power by seeing yourself as the source of it. And where we get stopped in being able to see this is that very often we don't know how to ask ourselves questions that lead us to empowered answers. So we'll ask ourselves questions like, "Ugh, what's wrong with me? How come I keep marrying my father? Why can't I get this right? How come other people have love and I don't have love? So we ask ourselves questions that actually don't empower us. And so one of the things I teach in step two is how to ask yourself a question that's going to actually foster your growth and development. So that question might look like, you know, how did I give my power away? How have I done that throughout my life? And what can I do instead? What are those moments, those choice points where I would need to make a different decision in order to hold my power. Yeah, something um, in step two that I also think is really powerful, and maybe you could touch on it a little bit, is the where you're actually making amends to yourself. And can you talk about the importance of that? It is so critical because very often, you know, in a breakup, we're left with a feeling like something terribly unfair has gone on. And if it's a bad breakup, you might even feel like, you know, a crime has been perpetrated against you. Somebody made a promise. You organized your life around that promise. Then they pulled the rug out from under your feet through no fault of your own. And now you are stuck with the debt or the heartache or the, you know, the, the impossible schedule or the you know, children living with you as the primary caregiver. I mean, all of these things that feel so unjust. So how do we come to terms with that in a way that doesn't torture us, where we can truly be at peace? Well, that can only happen when you come up with an amends that is equal to or greater than the damage that's been done, than the, than, than the, than the, um, than the harm that has happened. So if somebody, for instance has treated you badly, has cheated on you, right? Cheated on you. Horrible thing to have to get over. The amends to yourself would be, I will never again turn away from my knowing. I will never again subjugate my own knowing. I will ask every question that needs to be asked. I will engage everything 
in all of my intimate partnerships from this moment forward, they'll be intimate, they'll be deep, they'll be honest, they'll be authentic. That's how all my relationships will be, not just with people from this, the gender I'm attracted to in intimate love. It's going to be that way with my friends. It's going to be that way with my boss. Like truth telling is how life will go from now on. So it's something, you know, it's like that kind of, you know, transformation that needs to happen. And then what happens is life gets so, you know, you build momentum in that direction. Life gets so beautiful. What will happen is you will outgrow the person that you were in, in your relationship in such a way that you would not be at all interested in ever being in that relationship again. Hmm. You actually outgrow that version of yourself. And I think for some breakups, you know, when people leave us, it feels like, oh, but they were the perfect person for me. So the, de- the task this then is to become a new version of yourself, a new and improved version of yourself, you know, a much more, a less codependent version of yourself with higher, greater self-esteem, with a more empowered mission and purpose, with greater levels of creativity and joy spread throughout your life. You know, and once that happens, then you can look back and say, oh, thank goodness, I, you know, that happened. It was terrible when it happened, but thank God. Yeah, thank God it happened. And, and wow, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that again. Wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I really wouldn't do that again. So then we go into step three, which has to do with being able to really root out the core pattern that's been kind of plaguing you over and over. Usually when we have a bad breakup, it's kind of a repetition of something that happened before. I mean, it might look like different circumstances, different person, different, um, you know, time of year, but same dynamic. I was lied to. I was abused. I um, was again disappointed in love. I'm again left alone. So, so breakups are a wonderful time to go back and heal what I call the source fracture wound, the original break in your heart, the beginning of that story. Um, a lot of us know, you know, the, the, by now that we tend to repeat old dynamics because we're trying to heal something. But one of the things that I add to that is I say, well, yes, and we also don't know how to create anything different. When you start to unpack self as source, you begin to see that, um, oh, you know, my constant not standing up for myself generates something. It generates a lack of respect. It generates a lack of intimacy or a lack of authenticity. It generates, you know... Um, keeps a lot of, uh, you know, it almost trains the other person to be narcissistic and self-involved in some way. So, so you know, to begin to look at that and then you say, well, where did that story come from? Oh, I see from this old, you know, idea I had of myself that was born when my father abandoned the family when I was three years old. But, but that was the conclusion of a three-year-old, I'm not important. Okay, mm. so what's actually true about that? You know, and as an adult, we can say, well, you know, I matter, my life matters, my thoughts matter, my needs and feelings are important, and they're important to me, and they should be important to the person that the people that I'm closest to. That's the deeper truth about it. That wakes us up out of that old trance, and, and, and then we start to behave according with that story. Well, then how would I show up differently? Well, I would 
connect with my feelings and needs and notice what they are and prioritize them too and not martyr them automatically to the feelings and needs of other people, but I would be responsible for presencing them. And so it's going to lead to this whole series of new behaviors, which as you so beautifully you know, pointed out, will lead them to a new dynamic in the relationship, that relationship or another relationship from here on out. So we want to graduate from that old story and learn the tools to figuring out how we can have this go better next time around. And then the fourth and fifth step are really, now we're back, you see the first three are kind of internal work. The fourth and fifth step are about dealing with your partner um, and being able to uh, clear the air between you and your former partner, which is so important if you have children or a shared community, you work together, you own the company together, or you are members of the same synagogue, uh, you don't you know, want to have you know, that walking on eggshells feeling for yourself every time you run into that person. You want to be free. You want to be clear. Um, also, you know, we, we don't want to walk around with festering resentment. Resentment has been shown to be as hard on the body as if you were a chronic smoker. So step four is about being able to generate healing and love and begin to um, de-escalate, you know, bad feelings, uh, set up a new intention for where you're going to go with the relationship moving forward. And then step five is about really um, bringing cohesion in the entire community. And so for instance, rather than dividing people, you kind of let everyone know that you've brought closure to those old agreements that the relationship was founded upon and you have new agreements moving forward. Um, we are friends. We are no longer lovers. We are friends. Um, we want you know, to inform people in our community that they don't have to hate the other person just to show loyalty to us, that they can be friends with both of us. And sometimes people have uh, commitment, um, uh, conscious uncoupling, uh, you know, commitment reversal ceremonies where you are, you know, taking off your rings together in front of the people who were there when you were got married. Um, doing these kinds of things that create cohesion and well-being for everyone impacted because relationships do not just belong to the two people that are in them, but they belong to the whole community. Yeah, so powerful to include the people around you in the process of breaking up because it helps them deal with their own uh, shock and trauma at that disruption of how how they experienced you and how they experienced life. Um, not to mention, I, I mean, just thinking back on when I got divorced, you know, I could see the the ripples of fear that that sent through the community of other married friends that I had. And uh, wow. yeah, so um, I can only imagine, and, and we had a, a relatively amicable divorce, but how great it could have been to really include people in that part of the process. Absolutely. It's very, very helpful to everyone involved. Catherine, I'm wondering, um, we don't have a lot of time left, and, um, and we've talked about some really important things. The healing of the source fracture wound, I got to say that for me, that's a key piece of work whether you're breaking up or, or not. Um, so I definitely recommend people get the book and go through that process or find a coach to help them through that process. Um, but I was wondering if you could talk a moment about clearing the air. 
because that was so powerful for me when I did that with uh, with former partners as well as my my current partner when we were breaking up. So could you talk a little bit about what that process looks like and how someone might use it? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, this is the thing. At the end of a relationship, I think um, we get very caught in, in the stories and trying to set the record straight. And so... You know, if somebody is saying that we let them down or we hurt them, our impulse is to say, I didn't, I only did that because you did this or, you know, well, look, you always knew I was that way and I was born that way and why did you think I would be different and my mom was like that and, my, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the explaining doesn't ever complete the hurt that somebody feels. Mm. So one of the things I just tell people to do is like put right or wrong aside. And in the spirit of peace building, just recognize it's human to make up stories, to try and grapple with how this happened or to make meaning or people are at different stages of development about whether they can take personal responsibility or not. Very often they'll project things onto us. So what I in encourage people to do is instead to simply get related to the impact that my behavior had on the other person. So, okay, so, so in other words, what they would look like is, okay, so let me understand. So when I did this, this is where you went with that, and this is how that impacted you, and this is how that's hurt you, and now you're saddled with this or dealing with that. Am I catching that correctly? Right? Like really caring, actually, hmm. about the impact. You might think the person is a little crazy for going there, but it doesn't really matter. If you really want to build peace, if you're a peace builder in this world, and I think in you know, the aftermath of recent terrorist attacks, I think we're all very clear that we have to become much more advanced at um, getting on with each other and building peace. And all of us need to be peace builders. It's not just the politicians who are going to figure this one out, you know, how to you know, combat the violence. We all have to be taking on the evolution of our ability to love and be loved and, and create harmonious relations with each other. So what happens is that the other person, when you say that, will feel finally a little bit relieved because you are finally understanding what you have done that is so egregious. And then they will want an amends. And the amends can be simple. You know what? I hear you. I'm going to let that touch my heart. I'm so sorry that you're suffering in that way. I promise I will never, ever, ever do that to you again. And it's that amends. Or if the other person isn't speaking to you, even to, to make an amends moving forward. You don't want to speak to me. I understand it cost our relationship what I did, even though, you know, I didn't mean to do that, but it cost our relationship. But you know what? I will. I hear you, and I'm never going to treat anyone else like that again. So it's the amends, again, that restores wholeness to a situation. And, um, and I think we're all learning how to do that and how to put aside our need to be understood by the other person and just allow disagreements to be what they are. We don't have to solve all of these disagreements. We don't have to, you know, a conscious uncoupling is about being free. Hmm. Well, Catherine Woodward Thomas, thank you so much for being here again on Relationship Alive to talk about your new book, Conscious Uncoupling. And I, I can't recommend it enough for people out there as a path to healing and as a path to, if you are going to break up with your partner, to approach it in a way that's 
really kind and and much more gentle and much less likely to leave you feeling traumatized afterwards. As Catherine said, it'll it'll leave you feeling stronger and a more full version of yourself. So um, thank you so much, Catherine, for being on the show again today. You're welcome. It's great to be with you, Neil. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Relationship Alive. If you like what you've heard and want to make it easier for other people to find out about us, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, you can always join our Relationship Alive community Facebook group. And for more information about today's episode, visit us online at neilsatin.com slash podcast. Or you can always text the word PASSION, P-A-S-S-I-O-N, to the number 33444 for more information. Finally, do you have a burning question that you're hoping we can have answered here on Relationship Alive, either for a future or past guest? Let me know and I'll see what I can do. Take care and see you next time.